Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of Comics, Motherfucker. Do you read them? The Fanhole spinoff show where we talk about comics, I think. Yeah, that seems right. Tonight, we are doing a Spider-Man sort of themed show. I don't know if there's any link to anything that's coming out right now. Like, I don't know. What's do we? Uh, when is this even going to be released, Derek? Who knows? Who cares? This yeah, is, exactly. This is, just, pure, this is pure comics, pure exactly. Spider-Man. Yeah, it doesn't have to have a tie-in. Yeah, it's just Spider-Man, the most famous comic book character of all time, maybe. So 2020, the year when we said game over to our recording and release schedule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they want to delay New Mutants like five or six times, then fuck it. But, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we have decided to talk. A old, well, oh, I guess relatively old miniseries, like, from 2009 called Spider-Man the Clone Saga tonight. Spider-Man the Clone Saga, as I said, was a six-issue miniseries that ran from November 2009 to April 2010. It was written by Tom DeFalco and Howard Mackey with pencils by Todd Nock. Some very various colorists and letterers throughout the six issues. Basically, the concept of this miniseries was, if you're familiar with the Spider-Man, Spider-Man Clone Saga, you know that it was very it, it lasted about two years of story time. The original concept for the story when they were first hashing it out was it was gonna, only going to last about three months. And it was sort of structured with like a sort of three-act play sort of structure where each month would be a different kind of status quo. No matter how people think about the Clone Saga, it was like in various parts it was very financially successful at least so like marketing and corporate had them like keep extending it and extending it and eventually all the crap like you know that most people remember that sucked about the clone saga was you know the result of that all that extending and putting off and whatever so but this this is a, a six-issue miniseries cobbled together by Howard Mackey and Tom DeFalco's original notes for the Clone Saga, how it was intended to go. Like, they kind of supplemented it and, you know, reworked it and made it a little more modern in places. But, and, you know, it's it's a six-issue mini telling what was intended to be three months of story. So it's a little, like, you know, condensed. But, you know, you basically get the same basic idea of it. But... 
I've, I've written a little summary of the entire series, which I will read. Then we will get to discussing it. But uh, I should, before I begin, who's with me tonight? Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC in my white pantsuit, ready to go. Hey, this is Justin. Gotcha. Hey, guys, this is Tony and Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. He even try to fix his own continuity. It's true. He does. And he, he has a helping hand from writers who are not usually sought after anymore but you know that's that's pretty <laughs> harsh but yeah no you know i mean like tom defalco still gets work but howard mackey was pretty much run out of the industry so but yeah but whatever um like, yeah so was, sorry was he really or i mean did something like did he get canceled or, or what i i i just think he sucked so they didn't call oh, on okay. him anymore but yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll buy that okay yeah the, the, i don't know he just right after that mackie burn reboot like when he quit he quit and, like i don't remember if he wrote anything after that like uh, he probably did but like i never heard of him again after that right wow yeah but yeah he's, he's definitely like an 80s guy 80s and 90s guy yeah but in any case yeah let me i'll read the summary of this mini series and then we'll get further into yeah stuff so in the wake of having his life turned upside down by LMD imposters of his parents invading his life, and his best friend Harry Osborne, aka the Green Goblin's death, Peter Parker's Aunt May is hospitalized by a mysterious malady. Peter's long-thought deceased clone, Ben Riley, travels back to New York to see May, and the two cross paths. Though at first hostile with one another, the attack of some living genetic sludge creatures forces the two to work together and after Ben saves Peter's life, they make peace. The mysterious man known as Cain watches from the shadows and reports to another shadowy mastermind that Peter and Ben have bonded exactly as he predicted. Ben decides to stay in New York to be near May, adopting the mantle of the Scarlet Spider to fight crime. He soon finds that Cain has also followed him to New York, having developed a long enmity with him during his years on the road. After Mary Jane finds out she's pregnant, she soon becomes ill with the same malady that has affected Aunt May. Peter and Ben search for a cure only to run across Kane, who reveals the girls have been specifically targeted to get to them. Kane leads them to the hidden lair of the Jackal, revealed to be still alive after his supposed death years ago. The Jackal captures Peter, Ben, and Kane, unmasking Kane as a prototype clone of Peter, and reveals his master plan to create an army of spider clones and rule the world. He creates his clones using a process that uses Peter's blood as the base, with Ben's perfect clone blood to stabilize it. Once the process proves viable, Jackal reveals he plans to clone two other people as well, the first being the deceased Gwen Stacy. Going berserk at the thought of Gwen's memory being perverted, Kane breaks the others free, and soon the three OG Spider Boys are battling an army of spider clones. However, the clones soon begin to deteriorate, and the Jackal believes the reason why is because he used the wrong blood sample to stabilize them. Jackal claims that Peter is actually the clone and Ben the original, but he doesn't get to elaborate any further as Kane grabs his creator, scars him with the mark of Kane, and snaps his neck. Peter and Ben escape with the means to cure Aunt May and Mary Jane, while Kane absconds with the other clone pod that Jackal had left unopened in the imperfect stabilizing agent. 
ultimately, Peter and Ben decide that no matter who is the clone and who is the original, they each have their own lives and are happy with them. Peter tells Ben he's retiring as Spider-Man to raise his new family with Mary Jane, and Ben accepts the mantle when it is offered to him. Months later, Ben is operating as Spider-Man in a brand new costume, tracking down Dr. Octopus who is engaged in various thefts of late. Ben's inexperience as Spider-Man allows Oct to escape, and he wonders if it was such a good idea to accept Peter's responsibility. Coupled with his unease in crafting a new civilian identity and job at the Daily Grind, Ben begins to long for his life on the road again. Meanwhile, Dr. Octopus is visited by Kane, who is still employed by the shadowy mastermind. They have Oct trying to perfect the Jackal's unstable cloning process, and he appears to have succeeded. When Oct tries to play hardball and demands more answers about what he is doing, Kane tries to kill him, only to be prevented in doing so by the arrival of Ben Riley. Ben is forced to save Oct from being asphyxiated, while Kane ex escapes with the means to stabilize the cloning process. Meanwhile, Mary Jane goes into labor and eventually gives birth to Baby May Parker. However, Baby May is kidnapped from the hospital and brought to Kane, who is to deliver her to his employer. Kane's employer also uses the now-stable cloning process to resurrect the man in the Jackal's second pod, who turns out to be Norman Osborn. Peter and Ben both dress as Spider-Man and split up to find May, with Ben being ambushed by none other than the Green Goblin. He puts up a good fight, but is ultimately impaled on the end of the Goblin Glider and captured by the villain. Chained up and tortured by the Goblin, Ben is shocked to learn that the Goblin, the shadowy mastermind behind the entire cloning scheme, is none other than Harry Osborn. Harry reveals that he faked his own death and seeming reconciliation with Peter, and that Ben is indeed the clone and Peter the original. All that is left is to bring Peter in and enact the final stage of Harry's plan. In a secluded location, the cloned Norman Osborn is acclimating to the new world he is awoken in, and Kane explains Harry's plan to him. Kane tells Norman that he is to kill baby May if Harry demands it, but is having second thoughts about it. When Norman says that Harry's duty is to avenge him, Kane wonders if the child should pay for the sins of the father, which gives Norman pause as he looks upon baby May. Peter arrives and is shocked to see Harry alive and the two fight. Norman arrives on a goblin glider and Harry is all too willing to have his dad join in on their revenge against the Parkers. However, Norman instead attacks Harry, wanting his son to end the cycle of violence their families have been snarled in. Meanwhile, Kane returns Baby May to Mary Jane and Aunt May, telling that they'll never see or hear from him again. Aunt May asks if she knows Kane as he seems familiar, but Kane just says they don't know each other and it's his loss, before disappearing into the night. Back at the fight, Peter frees the captive Ben while Harry decides the Norman clone is defective and attacks all three of them. When Harry sends his goblin glider at Peter to impale him, Norman gets in its way instead. Harry holds the dissolving Norman clone in his arms as Norman tells his son to let go of their vendetta. Harry, however, is too far gone and refuses to stop hating Peter or trying to resurrect his father. Ultimately, Harry is dropped in a sanitarium and Peter and Ben reunite with their family. A few weeks later, Ben Riley is headed out of New York again on his motorcycle, promising to return and visit every now and again to spoil his niece. Peter and MJ watch him ride off into the horizon as they hold baby May and note that the world hasn't seen the last of Ben Riley. So yeah, that's Spider-Man The Clone Saga, six issues, all drawn by Todd Nock. 
fantastic artist. I, I really like his art, especially like on Spider-Man. You know, this was I was really looking when this first came out, I bought this like straight off the rack because I was really curious about it. I mean, you know, I I grew up with the clone saga. Like I have nostalgia I I both recognize its crappiness in places and have nostalgic love for it. So like, you know, I'm I'm it's very conflicting, but I was I was very curious to read this series. But like I don't like I know Derek I, Derek you didn't even know this existed until we told you like a week or two ago did you I I didn't I I, I had to look this up to be honest like I I didn't realize I I think maybe the common you know I gotta be honest like like uh, as opposed to Mike I do not get the warm and fuzzies over the Clone Saga you know the Clone Saga was something that I I read on a monthly basis but I I think I have scars you know I'm like I'm like Billy the Kid in uh, you know, uh, Emilio Estevez, he's like, I've got scars um, in Young Guns, too, you know, when it comes to the Clone Saga. So it, I may very well have seen this and just been like, Clone Saga, ah! you know, and totally ignored it or whatever. But but uh, yeah, when you mentioned this, I, I wasn't familiar with the creative team. I didn't know that, that Todd Nock did some, you know, did, did the art on the miniseries and that kind of thing. So I wasn't like super familiar with that. I'm kind of curious, like, is there any... Um, I don't know. Do do we know anything about when, when you said it was kind of taken from like Howard Mackey and Tom DeFalco? Is it like it, it, did did Tom DeFalco use some notes from Howard Mackey and then write this himself, or do do we know exactly how that was how that was creatively done? Honestly, it feels kind of like like they like alternated on issues like, okay, okay I, I'll, I'll if you never noticed it before, I'll give you a, a DeFalco ism that you can easily like identify his writing when he stresses words like when he when Spider-Man is like, you are so lucky like that. I'm like. Uh, I was here like, oh, man, that's way too like something like. He used to do it like on Spider Girl all the time to like sort of do a like teenage sort of dialect, but he does it with everyone like like in this in this series. Everybody is Chandler Bing from Friends. Yeah. Could I like, be more Spider Man? Could I be any more of a Spider Man? Yeah, that is a Defalcoism. Like whenever you see that, you know Defalco wrote it, and then. I, I like some issues didn't have that, so I was wondering, oh, maybe Mackie wrote like the evens and DeFalco wrote the odds, or you know, vice versa. Um, I w- uh, uh, to kind of branch off from what Derek asked, I thought I remembered at some point either like maybe an editorial or a letters page or something. It wasn't a story, but it wasn't like a comic book story. But I distinctly remember hearing somewhere that the original plan was for Harry to not have died at some point bring him back. I don't know about the clone saga, but they said like, you know, Harry wasn't supposed to just be gone and that like he was going to come back at some point. And also, I also distinctly remember like, you know, may being a uh, baby may being a thing was going to be a thing, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if they, am I off point or was that somewhere? No, it, it was kind of like as it kept sprawling out of control. Like it, it was kind of like a Akira Toriyama and his editor thing. Like when you, when you read about like him writing about like the Android saga, and he was kind of like you know when his editor saw like Android nineteen and Doctor uh, Jiro, they're like, well, those can't be the bad guys. They look stupid. So. Like, and so Akira Toriyama made, like, 17 and 18, and then he was like, well, those are two little kids. Like, they can't be the bad guys. So then, like, you know, like Toriyama made Cell, 
And then, like, he saw Cell, and he was like, well, Cell's a stupid bug monster. He transforms, right? So then, like, Akira Toriyama made him transform. And then he was like, well, now it has a stupid frog face. Like, he's got to transform one more time. Like, so, like, then he made the perfect form. So it was kind of like that where they were, like, you know, at first it was going to be like, well, it's the Jackal. So, like, it's clones. So, like, we got to bring the Jackal back. And they're like, oh, but it can't just be the Jackal. So then it's like, well, we got to bring Harry back. And then... Yeah, like it was like, well, it can't just be Harry. And then I think like when Bob Harris like took over as editor in chief, he he was the one who wanted Norman to come back. So that that's how they ultimately decided on Norman. But yeah, like they they had been trying to bring Harry back for a long time, but the, like that that plan got like kiboshed. Yeah. Okay. I, I would just make sure I wasn't going crazy that I I had, I had heard things that had not happened before. I mean, this is this is interesting. Like, I mean, I, I appreciate what they're trying to accomplish because this seems like they're I, I just wondered about the 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 creative impetus behind it and who had the most control or not. Like you were you were saying that 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 one phrasing, the extension of phrases was like a defalcoism. Like, is there anything that like stands out to you as a, a, a Mackeyism that made you thought? <laughs> that they switched off from issue to issue or, or, or moments like that. Cause, cause that, I think you, you would be more attuned to that than I would. Yeah. The, I can't think of anything specific, but there's just like, I know Howard Mackey's writing style. So like, I think like maybe I would say DeFalco maybe like mostly wrote like maybe issues like one, three and five. And then Mackey mostly wrote like two, four and six. Mm. I mean, see, see, what, it's what, like, Super super villain posturing because like man the jackal octopus and and Harry were just in full villain mode. <laughs> yeah, I I I I think that like the the main the 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 main takeaway that I took from this is and maybe it's because of the way they framed it, but it's a six issue miniseries. So you know what this feels like to me? This feels like John Burns Man of Steel, but for the Clone Saga, like. There, there's an attempt to tell like sort of a concise version of the clone saga, but like I did get like a weird vibe of like at the end of issue one when it jumps into issue two and he's already in the Scarlet Spider costume and he's already fighting Kane. I almost felt like, well, wait, what happened? Like Kane was sneaking in the shadows and they didn't know who he was and Ben Riley wasn't in the costume. It's almost like they expected you to go read the Scarlet Spider miniseries or something or the the Lost Years or or all this other stuff. And I'm like, for something that's supposed to be, you know, purported as this is the simple version of it. I'm kind of like, man, no matter which way you slice it, like even if it's limited to six issues and, and it's as concise and clear as it can be, you know, with with a, a great artist and good storytelling in that aspect of the comic like it's still a pretty convoluted storyline like at least from my perspective because it does seem to sort of like jump around and everything like i i I almost feel like this is one of those things where if you if you were not familiar at all with the original clone saga you may get some enjoyment out of it but it's like one of those things like watching akira the film after you've read the comics it's like if you've read the entire original clone saga this miniseries will have layers of enhancement that it wouldn't normally have to an average reader this does seem like it was a story that had crossovers that didn't exist 
Yeah, like like I said, the original the plan was this was supposed to take place over like three months. And it would be like the first month would be, you know, Peter and Ben meeting, you know, fighting, uh, probably fighting the Jackal. And then eventually Peter, like giving Ben the mantle of Spider-Man. Then the second month would be Ben being Spider-Man and like, you know, they probably deciding it wasn't meant for him. And then the third month would be like, you know, the wrap up and the Harry revealed and like the mastermind. And then Ben would ride off into the sunset. And, you know, they could have, you know, a Scarlet Spider, like, say, ongoing series with Ben on the road or whatever. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I mean by I think it reminds me of John Byrne's Man of Steel, because I think my my headcanon always was, you know, oh, well, you know, th- that condensed, what, 50 years of Superman history into a six issue miniseries. Like to me, you know, like that, that if you wanted certain things to happen in between those issues, as long as they weren't explicitly like shot down, you could maybe in your head pretend that some of those things still happened from the original 50 years, even though probably not. But that's kind of how I looked at it. And and I, I kind of feel like the same thing as opposed to 50 years of Superman history. You've got the, the, the two years of the Clone Saga, right, which is, again, condensed into you know because because it seems like like yeah it was originally planned to be three months but i i wonder how much of what was put in this was part of the initial planning was it the first two issues was it the first four issues because i feel like somewhere along the way they they probably had to decide okay well how is this going to wrap up nice and neatly and and i i felt almost a weird sense of of deja vu reading this too because you know we just read that what if and everything and so it's like there there's there's flavors and aspects and everything that are all you know they're all very similar but they're different you know it's like in the uh, the what if i think it was what it was it was the norman osborne clone that planned everything or at least was attacking you know ben at the end and in this i i i saw the norman clone and thought oh i i, I because i read that i almost assumed the green goblin we saw when he came on screen was the norman clone and then when it wasn't the norman clone and it was really hairy i was like oh that's harry is the goblin and then norman like uh, it's weird it, is that do you think this version of Norman is more faithful to his original portrayal as him having a split personality? Or do you just like do you think of like a more modern Norman Osborne and go, Norman Osborne wouldn't care about any of this stuff, like making things right with his son and all like he's just a grade A douchebag and that's totally out of character for him. Like how do you how do you feel about the way they tried to reconcile all that stuff at the end? I'm I do think that this is a, I guess you could say a more pure, like, Norman Osborn portrayal, like, because I know, like, they argued against Bob, like, Bob Harris, like, laid down the mandate that, like, you know, Norman was coming back, he was going to be the mastermind of the Clone Saga, and I think, like, Tom DeFalco was the one who was, like, dead set against it. He was like, you know, Norman Osborn isn't someone who, like, hides in Europe and has, like, long-distance string-pulling plans. Like, like Norman Osborn is the dude who gets dressed up in the green and purple outfit and throws pumpkin bombs at you. Like, that's not him. Like, so, like, maybe, yeah, there's definitely a flavor of them trying to keep, you know, Norman feels a lot less, like, complex in his like you know plans i get well as as little as he's in this but like he feels a lot less complex i guess i I think one thing that's kind of interesting too is like when norman does show up 
is like uh, the art is is fine. It's totally good art. I mean, I have no problem with it. But there, there's a lot of images of him just standing stoically and thinking, like you know, is this right or is this wrong? He's not like the manic, crazy Norman we kind of know sometimes when he's about to like lose his shit. And you know, it's like to me, like you're, you're a bigger Spidey fan than I am, Mike. But I, I'm I'm not like completely stupid about Spidey. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of all these characters. But even to me, I was like. Is this really Norman? You know, I mean, like. Well, I, mean, I guess my my question would be less: Is it Norman? But like to me, it seems like more of a faithful Norman Osborn pre his death. But is it? Does he ever go Green Goblin in this story? And the answer is kind of like no. Like even if he's wearing the outfit, when he's wearing the outfit, he's fighting with the the Spider Men to bring he's, down he's not his son, the right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking speaking of that what if we we just did a thing on like justin what what are your thoughts like general thoughts on this like i i know like did you read it when it first came out or no you introduced this to me many many years ago i think maybe like in the early days of the podcast maybe the first year we were doing this i think you mentioned it and i was like oh okay that sounds interesting because unlike derek i i do have some nostalgia for the clone saga or at least parts of it. Like there, there are parts of it that I genuinely like, and then there are big pieces of it that I just, I think, are really <laughs> difficult to like get through. And maximum <laughs> clonage. Yes, that's the well, that, that's the yeah, part. That's that's exactly what you end up thinking of, where you kind of start to groan. Like, look, look. Just to be totally fair and and give you guys some love, like the the one thing that I do genuinely love, I'm gonna say love about the clone saga is I do love that lost years miniseries. I think, I think that's really good, but outside of that, I don't have too much nostalgia for the clone saga. So, uh, you know, when you pointed this to me or when you kind of like, you know, pointing out the existence of this miniseries to me, I was pretty you know interested in it and I like it. I like a lot of the simplifications and corrections it makes. I think it does kind of leave some, windows of opportunity like if you want a certain miniseries or if you want like a certain like spider-man guest appearance to fit in like you could easily fit in between some of these issues here the whole like norman and harry stuff like i was never crazy about that aspect of the clone saga i always felt like it should have been just the jackal or or if it was really you know norman at the end like i always felt like it should have been a clone of Norman and like the Jackal was behind the clone or something like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the clone saga and you've got, you know, you've got Ben and you've got Kane and then you've even got like the clone of Gwen there for a little while. Like that was kind of a big deal, or at least I remember that was kind of a big deal for me. I was like, Oh man, there's a clone of Gwen. Like this is going to be huge. And then it, they didn't really do a whole lot with that. But I always kind of felt like, well, okay, this is a clone saga. Like, well, the Jackal has to be like the mastermind. Like, you can kind of like make Norman or even Harry, like, you can make them a red herring. But like, I always felt like the Jackal should have been like the ultimate mastermind behind everything. Like, all the like, oh, well, Peter's a clone. Like, you know, Jackal should have been behind that. Like, Jackal should have been behind everything, pulling the, the strings and everything. Like, in this. Norman does feel off in this, and I don't know if it's because I've read more uh, more recent comics where he's total like wackadoo and you know 
running around with like carnage symbiote and doing crazy shit or or what the whole like hairy stuff in this like i don't know i i'm not that familiar with harry's turn as the green goblin like i've read some of those issues but i have to tell you like i haven't read all of them i'm not super familiar with them so all of that stuff feels kind of off to me but like i said that's just that's just my lack of knowledge of that whole era i just you know it's like to me harry is peter's friend and you know he was on drugs one time and then he got better and now he's got a kid and all this stuff like that to me like that's harry the whole like Harry is the Green Goblin era. Like I, I kind of missed the boat on that, and I've not re- went back and read a whole lot of that. Like I probably should sit down and do that one day because it's kind of a, I guess it's a big gap in my Spider-Man reading. But all that Harry stuff feels feels off to me. And I don't know if it's because of lack of knowledge or just it's been altered well, here. Like I, I love Harry as the Green Goblin, but like okay. there's a cap, there's a caveat. Like Harry as the Green Goblin only works if Norman is dead. Like yeah. if both of them are in but the I, picture, it doesn't. And it, it and vice versa. I think Norman only works well when Harry is dead. Like I, I, if they're both in the picture, I don't know. It, it just like there's only one beat they can play with each other, basically. But like this, uh, you have to. Uh, okay, well let's like Spectacular Spider-Man 200, where Harry dies, is like a beautiful story. It's like a excellent culmination of Harry's character. But ultimately, apparently <laughs> he was faking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah. yeah. Ultimately, like if you take that beautiful ending of that story away and say he was just faking, like reconciling with Peter, then you just have you know the asshole Harry who was like you know in it uh, up until like he he you know he was the Darth Vader without his like last second redemption or whatever. So uh, I don't know. Like I I, I feel like. Ultimately, no matter what the climax of the Clone Saga is, or it would be, or or how they address it, it it usually comes up to be wholly unsatisfying. Like like I am famous, infamous. You know, I'm infamous for the plane tickets to Europe in the back pocket joke. Like, oh, you know, did did you see like in in issue one twenty one after he gets impaled with the glass. Do you see that? And my buddy's like, what? And he's like, those plane tickets in his back pocket to fucking Europe. He's like, oh, shut up. You know? And I'm like, but, but that to me, that, that's that, that's that idea of, of them trying to do something new, whether it's the prequels and star Wars or whatever. And then you go back and look at what you love so much about Darth Vader, what you love so much about the green goblin, which, you know, to some people might be the death of Gwen Stacy or whatever, Green Goblin story it is and it it tints that just a little bit and like for me I think my favorite moment you know Harry almost isn't even in the whole issue but I mean I love that fucking gotcha thing and the gotcha thing only works it only is really good if he's dead like it doesn't I mean the, the the minute he's in the shadows and he's like to Kane, he's like, gotcha. And I'm like, oh God, so this is Harry, you know? And it's just like, and it's like, if Harry's alive, Harry being alive in this is just as disappointing as Norman being alive and ripping open his chest and going, ha ha, I survived the the puncture and went to Europe and had some Mai Tais and I'm fine, you know? And you're just like, 
I yeah, like that that kind of stuff I think is always going to be wholly unsatisfying. I I guess to focus on things in this that I think were not like I mean, I think they did a good job of trying to streamline, you know, Ben's supporting cast and Peter taking a role on as a father where it didn't and and Mary Jane becoming a mother and even even the death or the death, the uh the the theft the the kidnapping of of baby may or whatever like they did all those things but they didn't they weren't so drawn out and long and you know the the kind of stuff that that they tried to drag sales out of people with where they were doing all these things like maximum clonage like it's funny the minute i saw the first peter parker soldier clone in this i went oh god is he gonna become spider side like and he didn't so i was like oh okay good and and so like there were things like that the the thing i was excited about even though it, it doesn't it probably doesn't fit like synchronous wise or maybe it does i don't know maybe michael slap my hand and say it totally fits but the thing i was happy to see was doc ox eric larson sinister six white suit because i think that's like my favorite Doc Ock look so even though he it was almost like he had a minor cameo and didn't he, he got beat up by Kane but he didn't get brutalized and killed you know so I was like okay like it was nice to see him show up for a second and then it was also kind of weird to see him show up and and kind of be a uh 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 sort of second level villain in this story you know given how much you know slot and those guys amp him up as superior awk you know and i was just comparing it to like the modern versus this portrayal and and kind of thinking oh wow like you know basically if this was if this was somebody else writing it maybe doc ock would be you know adult or whatever and 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 have his day but i thought it was cool to see doc ock in his in, in a Sinister Six white suit because I do I do enjoy that look and that was for me a fun I, I, fun moment I, I, in this I, 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 can can I ask you guys about a plot point in the actual like really for real Scone saga that always bugged me like maybe you have different thoughts but it always really rubbed me the wrong way how they dealt with Baby May and like the real saga like I remember I remember being really disappointed by that and then I also remember thinking well they're not really going to go down this route. Like, it's like, this is a baby. Like, this is Peter and Mary Jane's baby. Like, it's not, it's not really dead. It'll come back. Like, this will be a big event in a couple of years. I kind of like dropped off of reading Spider Man books after the Clone Saga. I was just, I think I was exhausted. I think, I think my wallet was also exhausted. And yeah. I was getting into more DC stuff. And I was like, you know what? I saw this Spider Clone thing to the end. I think I'm just going to like, I'm just, just going to pay attention to, like, what Wizard is saying is going on, and if something gets my interest, I'll go back to it. But I think I'm just going to, like, branch out into, like, more DC stuff. But I that always rubbed me the wrong way, and I was, like, for years, I was expecting them to be like, oh, my gosh, like, they're finally going to bring back, like, May, and she she's, like, six years old now, and she was raised, you know, in South America by, like, the Jackal or – there's there's somebody and you know like she's evil and they got a deprogram or you know just some some wacky story or something but i always i was always waiting (laughs) i I was like always waiting for them to like bring her back somehow or you know like erase that that wound and i guess they did erase that wound by just erasing the whole marriage but that that element of the clone saga has always read me the wrong way i don't know how you guys felt about that I, I think like the the thing with that was, and I could be wrong, but like uh, when you like mentioned one more day, 
I, I think there there was always like a small camp of people in Marvel who were like, you know, well, Spider-Man's getting too old. Like, and now he's got a baby and he's got a, like a real family. And like, we can't write those cool Aunt May stories and stuff, you know, where, where he's always worried about her. You know, Peter's not awkward around girls because he's got a hot banging wife. And like, I, I think that was like, maybe that impetus is like, oh shit, if we give him a kid, it's over. He, he's married and he, he's boring, you know? And it's like, no, I mean, that's, 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 that's life. That's how life goes, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. They they did kind of completely fumble that plot point and like, like, honestly, they shouldn't have brought it up in the first place because, yeah, you, like Tony, you, you're saying they they were never gonna let Spider Man like fall like too far out of his like you know his wheelhouse or whatever, and like having a kid like probably would be too far out of that wheelhouse. But uh, what annoyed me so much was how freaking vague it was. Yes. Like, at in like at the end of Revelations, you see like you know that nurse who kidnaps May like give a package to someone, and then mm -hmm. you know they they sail off into the Caribbean, and then like later they try to say it was like Aunt May that was like kidnapped by, which doesn't make any goddamn sense or whatever. But I like official word is that May just died. But like now, after one more day, who knows? Like the the all, reality could have been altered. Like who knows what happened? Like I personally always had like the fanfic in my head that like Kane had rescued May and he was like raising May somewhere off, like some. But they, eventually that proved to be impossible. So, and I mean that's kind of like the kickoff point for like Spider Girl. So yeah, I I was gonna say a meta apology for that. I think is obviously spider girl, right? Like you're supposed to, you know, look at that character and go, Oh, this is what would have become of baby may had they followed up on it and not just sort of abandoned that subplot. But yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's that, that I guess leads into, you know, people having affection for, you know, DeFalco's writing in that capacity as well, because obviously there were always all those kind of, grassroots campaigns to like you know save save the clock tower you know save spider girl you know, <laughs> right, like all, right, that, all that kind of stuff yeah. right before the burn mackie reboot like defalco was steadily seeding the fact that may was still out there and like he was going to do something with that but then like they all got fired and they rebooted it and it was never mentioned again so and that would have been a story with like peter going out to save his daughter you know that'd be cool yeah you know what I thought they might bring it back is when they started doing Ultimate Spider-Man because I was like, okay, well this would this would be the the exact opposite, right? Because Ultimate Spider-Man is young Peter Parker. He's at the beginning of his career. There's no, you know, 30, 40 years of continuity where weighing the writers or the reader down. Like you can do the opposite. Like you can go back into that continuity and you could bring back this element. Like you could bring May back. But they, they they just never did it. I just kept waiting for them to do that when they started doing ultimate stuff. But oh well. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, one thing I was happy about is because since I wasn't really familiar with the original Clone Saga beyond the terrible stuff, it seems like I only picked up the terrible stuff. Like the 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 lady, I don't know what her name is, who who steals the the baby. Her look, and like I said, I hadn't read this before. This is the first time I read it, by the way, uh, as well. Like her look. When she like is you know going up to Kane to deliver the baby, and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my god, is this where the Moreland family comes from? Because that looks like a Moreland bitch. 
<laughs> oh yeah, what's her name? Allison Mongrain or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, she actually becomes a minor like supporting character for a little <laughs> while in Spider Girl. Like she would, like they, they, she was the woman who kidnapped Baby May, like in the original story. So like they kept her around, and then I think she eventually dies, like when they right before they do the Burn Mackie reboot. But yeah, she, she's got a distinct look about her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've been I've been wanting to bring this up to you, Mike, since we started this. I wanted to pick a, a good time. Me personally, when I first saw the character and was like reading him, you know, he was involved with like Judas Traveler a little bit too, and all that. I really did not like Kane. I thought he was just a kind of horror porn looking guy. He just got all these like veins and shit. He was just supposed to be '90s extreme. Of course, throughout the years, like, Kane has become a character. He is the Scarlet Spider, and I really grew to like the character. I was, like, really, like, you know, I like this guy. He's cool, you know? He's, like, he's troubled, but he wants to do the right thing, but you know how to do the right thing. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's a great character now to me. They, and, I mean, uh, they, they introduced Kane when I was, like, 10 years old, so I was right in the right wheelhouse to be like, <laughs> oh, man, he's fucking awesome. Like, he's a cool new character. Like, yeah, so, like, I, I have a, you know I have a soft spot for Kane. But I, I will say, like, I think this six-issue miniseries, there's a couple of beats where he's not, like, super consistent. Like, just a few lines here and there. But I thought they treated Kane really well in this. I think he comes off as, like, a really big like star in this like series he's a lot more light-hearted in this series like i feel like they were trying to make him closer to like peter and ben like in personality like so like you know but like yeah i also like and like i know i know like he's like he falls into the category of you know like 90s cool villains so like i mean i i like him but i i can appreciate that but like i i do like when ben comes in on him about to kill Ock, and he's like, I can't let, like, a newbie like you kill one of my classic villains. Like, I laughed yeah. at that. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, Tony, Tony mentioned something that I want to talk about, uh, kind of. One of the reasons I like this thing is because it's so concise. Like, it cuts out a lot of the baloney, and part of the baloney I'm glad got cut out was Judas Traveler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, he's not sneaking up anything in this. I was just like, you know what? He's not in this at all, and I'm so glad because, like, that that guy, he, he just irritated the crap out of me, and he just seemed to serve no purpose. Like, oh, I'm on, studying guys. good and evil. Oh. Come on, guys. Yeah. Remember, remember Screer? Screer and Judas. Yeah, Screer. They, like, they... They, they, they had a lot of stuff. Yeah, they did. They, they originally like introduced them with like no plan of who they were or why they were like you know it seemed like Judas Traveler was like godlike, powerful, and why he had a place in a Spider-Man story, and like all like they were like eventually they were gonna make him like an an angel or something or an agent of God, and then Scryer was gonna turn out to be Mephisto in disguise, and like like they were like kind of playing a game with Spider-Man as like the experiment, like the God and de- the Devil like playing with them, but like they, they always try to throw Mephisto in fucking Spider-Man's story. Yeah, uh huh. They well they they quashed that idea because they were like, well Mephisto's not a Spider-Man villain, like that'd be stupid. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. But... See that? Hi, one more time. <laughs> See, that sounds interesting as a story, but I don't think it would have been 
good to do that in the middle of the clone saga like i would have saved that for like afterwards or something you know or or maybe do that story while ben is being spider-man i don't know yeah yeah judas traveler really came off as extra like why are you here like what what are you doing you know like what what is your purpose besides and, like going up to k to be like i am get crazy <laughs> Well, and again, ultimately, it was Tom DeFalco who had to clean up the mess. And, like, there's that one issue, like, right before Revelations of, like, where they explain Judas Traveler. And he's just, like, a mutant who can, like, alter reality, like, in a, like, enclosed distance around him. And there was nothing, like, supernatural about him or anything special. And, yeah, and then he go he fucks off to nowhere and we never hear about him. <laughs> Do you think he's Did a Krakoa? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's on Krakoa now. Well, maybe he went to Europe. Everybody thought he was dead. He was like, hell, get one. Norman Osborn is sipping lattes, you know? <laughs> he's off making babies on Krakoa. <laughs> I was just wondering, what do you guys think of, like, like th this is something I noticed, and maybe it's just me, but it's like, you, you know how, like, when you read, like, Spider-Man stories and you kind of whimsically chuckle to yourself because, you know, it's it's whatever era it is and Spider-Man's got tickets to, you know, this newfangled space movie called Star Wars and you go, oh, ha, 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 whimsical, chuckle, chuckle. He's he's going to the movies for the first time watching Star Wars. And it was like... Going, Derek. I think I know where you're going. There were there were a lot of it's like I feel like there were either modern and or dated references in this even when it was 2009. Like because yeah. it was like it was like there there was the one thing where he makes a crack about American Idol and then he makes some comment about the Sopranos versus the Cosby Show and I'm just kind of like I'm I'm like now both those feel anachronistic but like. Even then, I was kind of like, "Well, shit, The Sopranos would have been off for you know, like, like I'm like, what? I don't know, like it just it, it, like that kind of stuff seemed." He, he references John Stewart at a certain point too, yeah. I think. So, I I would have preferred if like, okay, this story takes place in the '90s. That's where it's supposed to take place. So I would have been better if they had done the acronyms for that time. You know, it was like, you got a really good voice. You sound like Whitney Houston. You know, that, I would have been okay with that. You know, because this is supposed to be kind of a throwback. But yeah, Derek, like you said, like, wait a minute, this story happened 10 years ago. Why are we talking about American Idol that came out like five years after this, but by 2009 is already dated? <laughs> yeah, like, it's I don't, a, yeah, or, or, yeah and, and reading it now, like, for the first time, it, like, it, it, they, they all stand out like sore thumbs, kind of, to me. Yeah, I agree, yeah. I think they even mentioned, like, some type of cell phone thing or something like that where it's like yeah i don't know what it was but it was like yeah he says something about he's got a pocket for his for his cell phone and his in his costume or something yeah yeah and i was like I mean, yeah that's that's not that's not that's not out that's not outrageous it's not like cell phones didn't exist but they weren't as prevalent during the actual publication of the clone saga as they are yeah. in 2009 2020 you know whenever you're reading this you know type thing yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it it, it reminds me of a, a a thing that was brought up uh, back in the '80s and '90s, where you know, you you have these older guys, like in their 40s or even 50s, writing comics, and they try to use hip slang, and it just comes off terrible. Or, or yeah, or they make or they make references to the movies they've seen, and since they're you know 50 years old, the references are already. 10 years behind the times, right? Like, so it's not, 
It's it, it, it may who knows. In some cases, it may end up being a timeless reference, I guess, quote unquote. And in some cases, it might be horribly, horribly dated. I I think American Idol is going to be horribly dated, no matter which way you slice it. You know, <laughs> but but you know, you could say if if somebody's watching like a classic movie, like I don't know, a Kubrick movie or something, maybe you go, oh, well, maybe he went to a Kubrick festival in in two thousand nine, and and maybe if it's you know, 1971, he actually went to see the movie when it came out or something. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but like, like when they were getting attacked by, like, the, the, the green blobs of crap. You know, if, like, Spidey said, oh, God, I don't want to turn into a pod person. That would have been, like, kind of timeless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a classic movie. A lot of people would, would know the reference, probably. And even if they'd never seen the movie, it Did... permeated into the popular culture and mindset. Yeah. I, I might have been the only one to notice this. Did you notice in the Jackal's Lair when the the, the with the purple sludge monsters like that's some? Um, do you, does anyone remember DK? It was one of Ben Riley's new villains. Like no, that's that that, that was no, that was yeah that was the visual of DK. He was a giant purple like sludge monster. Me, I have me no and memory of that. It was D dot. K. So he was like Donkey Kong, but it was supposed to be like a play on words, DK. That, like, that's what I thought you were saying. I was like, I remember playing Donkey Kong, Mike. Where are you going with it? <laughs> I'm like, was there a, was there a secret cameo of Joystick we missed as well? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was somewhere in there. Like DK was funny because I think he showed up a couple times in Ben Riley's run as Spider-Man and then like, you know, Ben dies and then Peter runs into DK shortly thereafter and then DK uses up all his power and he's like, well, goodbye. And he melts and Peter's <laughs> like, I wonder what the fuck that was about. <laughs> Who are you, dude? Uh, I'm your arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like your great goblin. No, you're not. <laughs> No. I did, I did have two questions. One one's more like a factoid question. The 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 clone army, the 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 Spider Men. The was that costume anything, or was that just for this this series? I think it was just made up. Yeah, like Todd okay. Nock probably just designed it. I mean, even yeah. even that was kind of a reference to like maximum clonage. So it feels yeah. like they tried to like you know yeah. it just layer that in there. Like I think they they even said like when they when this came out like I think they Howard Mackey even said like you know Kane wasn't even in my original notes, but like since he's so like synonymous with the clone saga, we like added him into this story. Right. Cavanaugh like, uh, created Kane like and like you know. Like I said, I think I, you know, even though I like Kane, I think Terry Cavanaugh is a pretty lousy Spider-Man writer. But like, I'll, I'll give him, you know, his, his due at least. Yeah, right. And I want to throw this to Justin because I don't know if you notice fan holes, listeners. Justin is probably one of the biggest Ben Riley fans ever. He he loves the character. There have been many interpretations of Ben Riley over the years. Like we were talking about one recently where. He snapped out of being a, a giant asshole in Superior Spider-Man and was actually like, no, I'm, I'm cool now and all that stuff. Being a big Ben Riley fan, like, do you think he was treated pretty well in this series, Justin? Do you think like he was like the Ben Riley you knew? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I especially like that he gets to ride off into the sunset instead of, you know, turning into ashes Dying. and just blowing away into the wind. Yeah. 
No, no, but Justin, he didn't blow it away into the wind. As soon as Peter left, the jackal came out of the stairwell with a dustpan right. and brush and brushed That's it right. into his dustpan. He got slurped up into the Hoover vacuum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had plane tickets to the little mini shovel in <laughs> the jackal's hand. I, I um. I liked all that stuff with him, his like his personal life and his own cast of characters. I kind of wish, I mean, I know this is like a limited, you know, miniseries. I kind of wish we could have got more of that. Like, you know, he got set up on a date and that caused him to like oh, have, yeah, yeah. that caused him to have flashbacks to like this one chick that, you know, looked kind of like Mary Jane that he was into and he had to leave her and all this stuff. Like, I kind of wish they could have went more into that and maybe more into his ben, ben riley did have a lot of good like love interests like in during his time like mm -hmm. he had her like i think what was her name like elizabeth tyne or whatever in the from the lost years I, and then yeah, she, she yeah she comes back like later in uh mm -hmm. the sequel to the lost years uh, yeah. i think redemption that's the one that zek drew i think yeah mm -hmm. yep and then there was what's her name the the daughter of the burglar who shot uncle ben like he had a thing going with her like i think she did he did, did he date, am i confusing it did he date like a cousin of gwen stacy or something no, the, um, they introduced, uh, I think it was at the very tail end of the Clone Saga, they introduced Jill Stacy, which was Gwen's cousin, but I don't think her and Ben Riley ever interacted. Oh, okay. But oh. yeah, the, like the, the raven-haired girl, he takes on a date in this. Like, she had the visual of, I think her name was Jessica, like, and she was, like, the burglar's daughter, and, like... like in, the, in this, like, iteration, I know we only see her for, like, a few seconds, I just got a really Betty Brant vibe from her. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, she was she was like a photographer, like, and she was like, in, like she was all like taking pictures of Spider Man, and Ben's like, oh, cool, she likes Spider Man, but then it turns out, no, she doesn't like Spider Man. She like hates him because she thinks Spider Man killed her father, <laughs> and when and then Ben's like, oh shit, she's like the burglar's daughter, and like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> but then he was like, oh man, but that's kind of hot too, like somehow. <laughs> Well, you killed my dad first. That's kind of hot. Yeah. Like he's not my dad, but you know, whatever. He's, but he's... she, I think she, they just wrote her off like halfway through Ben Riley's run as Spider-Man, where she was like, she had like pictures of him as Spider-Man. She was gonna mail them to J. Jonah Jameson, and then she decided, no, Ben is a hero. Like I can't do it. I love him. And then she walked. She fucked off to wherever Judas Traveler went. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go hang out together. Uh... I, I will say, like, one thing I really did kind of like, I, I think overall it was pretty well written. I think, like, they, they, they really tried. I, I think there was, like, an effort of caring about what they were trying to do, and there there's some hiccups and stuff like that, and I, I, I understand that. But one thing I, I, I found myself getting into, especially in the later issues, and, you know, maybe I'm old and I'm just, like, tired of all this, like, bullshit in our world where people are so negative and 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 shitty and cancel culture and shit like that but it was so cool that like peter and mj were like totally okay with ben they're like you know he is family and then like aunt may is like you know like fuck yeah ben riley is cool i don't know you for fucking adam you're not really a part of the family you're a clone but we'll pretend you are and like you know it, I, I like that interaction you know and like Especially like, like yeah. Ben, Ben's been talking to Aunt May on the phone for years, like yeah, because he kept <laughs> up with her. I think, 
I think that was a response to like all the like bitterness that was like, you know, the I am the spider bullshit that was Mm. happening like to Peter in the comics at the time. And it's like, hey, if they just talked out their differences, they'd probably get along like much faster. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I even I even like like, you know, it was it was kind of subtle, kind of not. But I kind of like like, you know, during like some of the later fight scenes and stuff like that. Uh, Peter and Ben start calling each other bro. Like, I got you, bro. I got you, brother. You know? And I'm like, I don't know. That seems sweet to me. I know that sounds really, like, not like Tony. Tony's always like, motherfucker and piss and shit and fuck you. But, like, that that really, like, kind of like, I was like, man, these guys actually like each other. And they actually kind of, like, Justin, did that kind of make you kind of happy, too, to see that, like, they didn't just accept each other. They were like, no, we're family. You know? Yeah, I like that. You know, I that whole clone conspiracy i mean i I know we talked about that but i i really hate that as a character turn for for ben i think it uh i I don't want to talk about it because i'll go on a rant but uh, yeah it's like i i I do like them working together i mean i can remember reading some of those early clone socket issues and i'm just like well what's the problem like they're both you know like they're both good guys i mean i know peter has got his demons right now but you know it seems like this ben guy is legit like he it doesn't seem like he has any kind of like ulterior motives to like come in and steal anybody's life or or get revenge i kind of i think it would be really cool to see these guys work together and then when they slowly start accepting each other and working together in costume like in the real clone saga i was like man this is so cool like there are two spider-mans like swinging into action right now to like you know fight venom or kane or whoever i'm like this is really cool i i like stuff like that yeah, I think their brotherly relationship was like a high point of the Clone Saga. Yeah, it was really well done. And also, I don't know if this is how to put this well without sounding like, you know, I'm an old man, I guess. But I like the fact that, like, when Mary J was pregnant with May, like, at some point, she was fat. Because y- y- you get fat when you have a baby. You get, like, a tummy. And, like... I, I've seen various comics, not Spider-Man, but I've seen, like, stuff where they're like, I'm pregnant, and they still got, like, abs and shit, and they're, like, you know, skitty throughout the whole pregnancy, and I'm just like, well, how it works. <laughs> it was just nice to see her just being, like, you know, like, walking around, like, having a big, you know, belly, and, like, I want to have a baby soon. I don't know. It, it's small touches like that. Like, the art is really good. I agree. You, like, you, know, you know what I did wonder about through the whole pregnancy thing? Like, there are those moments where... Uh, you know, when they, they talk about how the the jackal gave May, you know, Aunt May, the degenerative disease, and then it gets passed on to Mary Jane, and that's part of his whole machinations and plots. Like, I kind of liked when the doctor, like, would catch Mary Jane when she fainted, and they're like, where is that husband of hers? And it cuts to, like, you know, Scarlet Spider and Spider-Man, like, fighting Kane or doing whatever they're doing. But, like, part of me is just kind of like, what the fuck does the doctor care where the husband is? Like, do your doctor shit. Go put her in a hospital bed and take care of her. The hospital will get there when he gets there. Like, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's supposed to be, like, dramatic tension and cut back to the scene and be all elegant and stuff. But I was like, is is that really the primary concern of the doctor is where Peter Parker is? Like, no, she's got to, like, be concerned with, like, you know, taking care of the patient. Like, I thought it was kind of funny. Do, do you guys think that, like, when you say that, like, you're you're kind of calling out, like, that characterization. I'm going to call out another there, – there's some hints of this throughout the whole series. I wouldn't call them digs or slams, 
but there are definite lines of dialogue that are almost making fun of the the like original quote saga in a meta way. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, did you catch those, Mike? You know, like, yeah, like they're they're not mean spirited or stuff like that. But you know, it's like like, you know, like 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 I said, that comment Ben makes to Kane, like, yeah. it's like I can't have a newbie like you take out one of my yeah. classic villains and yeah. yeah. Which I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, I guess, like, uh, I was going to bring this up to you, Derek, because me and you have talked about Marvel Legends so much. Is this almost a Marvel Legends apology figure in comic book form? Kind of, but I mean, they, they, it's weird. I think I think that's probably why I didn't notice the series too, because they've they've done versions of things like this in the past, only. This this has what you're describing as that veneer of an apology. Like, I, let, let me put it this way: when they make a miniseries for young readers or young adults or whatever, and it's like Spider-Man and the Secret Wars, and then they retell Secret Wars, but with like Spider-Man as the main character, and they they go off and tell a version of the original Marvel superhero Secret Wars, but then, you know, random stuff happens, like, I don't know, Electro farts a mushroom, or, you know, stuff that didn't happen <laughs> in the original story. Like, you you kind of read it, it's four issues, and you go, okay, fine. But they're not, they're not like, oh my god, that original Secret Wars was, was totally mishandled, and it went on too long, and it should have been written a different way, and here's the way it should have been written. It's just, oh, this is... This is a nice little simple alternate telling of the same story repackaged for a different audience or, you know, whatever the excuse is. Whereas this has aspects of this, but but there is that like like that. That's I, I like that book, that book Spidey that came out like a little while back. Like and that's also uh, essentially retelling, quote unquote, original Spider-Man stories per se. Right. But it's not really like apologizing. It's not like, oh man, that Stanley story with the lizard that went completely in the wrong direction, and we're here to set it straight. You know, like whereas these guys like kind of were like, hey, look, we had a vision that we were going to implement. It was going to be, you know, a limited story and not get dragged out for sales and editorial reasons and all the other reasons why it did. And this is the best we can approximate of what what we would have done had we had we had the opportunity to do that. And that's, I mean, well, I, I, in, in the, in the first it, issue, yeah. all that like, crawl where they, they, they lay that out, you know, yeah, they're like, yeah. they're like, here, here's what we're doing, you know, hang on. And like, that's why I was wondering if like, you know, yeah, like it's kind of like an apology. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. hey, no, no, you know, I, like, I, yeah, you, you definitely, you definitely get that sense of, of, I, I, I don't know that they would consider it an apology, but I, I think, I think to them it's an, uh, it's probably an opportunity to tell their side of the story, sort of almost, you know, like yeah. like our clone saga abridged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if there's anything I know, like rereading this again, it's that we need a business suit Ock Marvel legend, and we, we need a classic Kane Marvel legend. We yes. do. Like, and uh, we got to state this so, you know, the people, you know, the Hasbro well, The Hasbro NSA that's listening can, yep. can can get to work on that. It, it is, it's been obvious they listen to me for some fucking reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 can, you can probably skip the Joker Jackal, though. Like, I, I never liked that design. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I never liked the green, just green face. I, I like the... I, I, I'm not a furry, but I like the furry jackal. The furry you know? jackal. 
it's the yeah. like '90s trench coat that kills it for me. I I, yeah. I see that. I'm just like, dude, that's so '90s. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the fingerless gloves. Because I'm like, you don't fight. You don't fight for shit. Why do you got fingerless gloves? But Kane Kane needs his like tattered like Linus smelly blanket cape and like. <laughs> like, like I always thought it was funny how Kane's like cape is like tied like under his neck like it's just like tied like a kid wearing a like superhero <laughs> cape. <laughs> yeah, and maybe like. Like I, I wouldn't mind, you know, the classic Kane like scarred face, but I'd also like like a bearded like Alan Moore, Alan Moore. Kane yes. face, yes. yeah. So as an alternate head, so get on that Hasbro. Get on that. You know what this means though, right? Hasbro's just gonna fuck us, and it's gonna be like Spider-Man Wave Two, Judas Traveler, build a figure. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like a uh, uh, Stunner, uh, uh, Scryer. Uh, <laughs> Joystick. <laughs> lady, Dr. Octopus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lady, 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 Lady. Yeah. Carolyn yeah. Trainer. I'm, I'm honestly shocked they haven't made a spider side yet, because it seems like all those, like, symbiote-looking guys, like, they, they're horny for them, so. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, symbiote guys? You need a cold shower. Uh, oh, I know. We're going to get, we're going to get, like, a fucking troop builder of uh, the Spider-Man. This no, I want I want a DK Marvel Legend. DK, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, 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 no. You know what? We we got Peter Parker from the '90s cartoon. So now we're gonna get Ben Riley and biker jacket and just a Spider-Man mask. That's what we're gonna get. That's that's that's. that's. No, no, it's funny. Le- like legendary writer Ben Riley. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is like, like, and they do it in this miniseries. Like, they give Ben Riley the blonde hair, like when he's the Scarlet Spider, but he never got the blonde hair until after he was Spider-Man. Like, yeah. and like the Marvel, the Marvel Legend comes with the blonde Ben Riley head too. But yeah, like when he first met Pete, they both had brown hair. That that was like because they're fucking clones. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. Oh man. Oh. And any anything else? Any final thoughts? I never read this before. I hate the clone shit. I, I hate it so much. But I have grown to appreciate Kane, like I said. I think he's a he's a really fun character. Um and I, I've turned around on Ben Riley. I, I like all the digs at the Scarlet Spider costume that Peter makes. I was that guy. I was like, This stupid this looks stupid. He's got a fucking hoodie and shit. But over the years I've come to appreciate uh Ben Riley. And especially that the new Spider Man costume he eventually adopted when he became Spider Man. And if this was actually the story that came out for, uh, you know, the Clone Saga, with a couple of tie-ins, like I said, they're, they're, like Derek said, actually, there's a couple of abrupt starts in certain issues where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I think I would have been more into it and more accepting of it where it flows a little bit better and there's not as much extraneous shit. So as someone who hated the Clone Saga but has grown to like the clone characters that came out of it, I think this was actually a really fun read. Is it deep and dark and awesome and has all the grit you need? No, but it it, it really does, like I said, show that these guys, you know, DeFalco and and Mackie and all these guys and the the artist, Nuak, like, they cared about it. They wanted to put out something good. And I I think it's good. You know, I I know that sounds kind of simple, but it's good, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was an interesting experiment. I mean, I enjoyed reading it. Like, I don't, 
I don't know if I prefer the events in this to like certain things that happen in the actual comics, but like, you know, it's an interesting experiment. The clone saga did go on for far, far too long. Like it probably would have benefited from being pared down extremely and like a tighter focus, but like, yeah, like I, I mean, I, I, this is harmless. I mean, it doesn't impact continuity. It's, it's a nice, like, uh, like little view on what the writers maybe intended like way back when, and, you know, without editorial interference. So like, yeah, like I, I enjoyed this a great deal. I liked it. It was good. It made you go. It made me go. People don't understand what Justin says that like those four little words, that means he really liked this, and he's like, <laughs> also, he's black, also like, when he has to log out. <laughs> That's what DK said to Peter. He was like, I got to log out. Bye. <laughs> I've been canceled. <laughs> That's what Judas Traveler said when he was being dragged away. Like, I got to log out. <laughs> like, seriously, Judas Traveler, why do you get like a fucking piano weight on like one part of your hair? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> You just got like a fire poker hanging off your fucking skull. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, I'm wearing a trench coat, so I'm cool. Uh, fuck you, Judas. All Tyler. right. All right, Derek, why don't you do our usual thingamajig? If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you think you have a clone out there that you forgot to throw into a smokestack, <laughs> send us an angry email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We can be found, the backlog of comics, motherfucker, do you read them, can be found over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets, etc. And we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We're on Spotify and Google Play. And we're on Apple Podcasts, so look for us there. Thank you, Derek. So this is Mike signing off and giving you the mark of Cain. This is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. This is Justin signing off. That's going to be Cain. <laughs> this is Tony and Mike, you cut me off on Judas Trouble. That motherfucker needs to die in a fire. I'm so angry right now. I'm like, <laughs> that motherfucker. Oh, I'm just kidding. I promise you one thing. Tear down everything Well, just like the sunrise, the rising sun There'll be nothing left but me Never fight for anything. You see, we wait for the dollar sign, selling what we do not need. Well, I can't stand for living like you're Your wealth, all I 
I was going to send an email and say, if I do the synopsis, it'll take like 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I wrote up a little one. It's not that long. A bunch of stupid shit happens with clones at the end. <laughs> They're on, on a pirate ship. On <laughs> a pirate ship. The end. And I, I don't think this applies Derek, at all. You're getting kind of, ch- Derek, you're getting kind of choppy. Okay. We can still oh. hear you. Yeah, you're still loud. Yeah, you're not you're not going in underwater. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't notice the choppiness myself, but Mike might have better headset than I do. I just have earbuds. Okay. Um, I'll just keep talking. Um, so um, spider side, uh, all that stuff. Wait, I now Tony got choppy. I didn't hear anything Tony just said either. Hmm. I, I, I it's it's fine on my end. Yeah, I heard Tony calling. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's you, Mike. Yeah, maybe it's you're the problem. <laughs> maybe you're the choppy one. No, maybe um, it's my problem. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think where I was going. Recording. I don't know. Dark, say what you were saying again. I I I, I, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, he's probably like he like Justin said. He's probably on Krakoa making more mutant babies now. I got a YouTube channel probably by now. Shit. With uh, what's now, now I can Who see was a that? big a big splash page of Judas Traveler with like five other mutant chicks and he's like they're like we need you Judas know, Traveler. He's like I'm busy making babies, Scott. That chick that traveled with him like was part of his like entourage. Uh, Chakra her name oh. was like that's probably who he's with. Nice making babies with Chakra. She stole that from Xena. That was like her like little spinny thing, right? That was a no. That was a shock ram. Ram, not raw. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> did it, did, did, fuck you, Judas Traveler. 
Did any of you ever, like, realize, like, maybe you know it now, but when you were reading these stories that, like, Kane's Mark of Kane was just, like, a extreme version of, like, wall sticking? The Mark of Kane. Well, I didn't realize it I when he was a mysterious character. Like, oh, I, yeah, I, like I think the, I understood like once, he was, pool, basically. once you were like, oh, bro, he's just an old, crusty, Alan Moore-looking Peter Parker. Like, then, I, then I think everything yeah. clicked. It's like, like, I remember reading in The Life of Riley how, like, you know, Glenn Greenberg was, like, lamenting, like, you know, Kane had such good concepts, like, for his powers. Like, they were all amplified versions of, like, Spider-Man's powers. Like, he used to get the, like, precognition, like, flashes. That was supposed to be an extreme spider sense. And, like, the mark of Kane was, like, extreme, like, sticking or whatever. But it's like, but he was like, somehow none of this information was ever clearly conveyed in the comics. Like, I think he, he's like, there, there was, we did one of those like bullpen, like special things where we, like we had a sidebar where it was like, did you know, like Kane's powers, like are all extreme versions of Spider-Man's like thing. And he was like, I was like, I do not know how we never put this information into an actual story. <laughs> it would have helped. <laughs> Extreme. Like, like, is it like? Too bad they didn't have uh, Chris Claremont. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Claremont to like. Chris Claremont would have been like Kane, superpowers, extreme version of Spider-Man's hand stick. <laughs> and does Kane like have like some kind of like Batman teleportation power? Because he does that a lot. He does appear, yeah, in random ass places. Yeah. He's like, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> He also had like in some of his earlier appearances. He also had like Wolverine like style claws that popped out of those like spider gauntlets he wears. Mm. I, I am completely at a loss, and you you'll have to fill me in, Mike. Doesn't I mean it might be when he became uh, Scarlet Spider. I know he has like the 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 spikes, the 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 thing. Did he ever shoot like spider stingers or whatever, like Ben Riley? No, like I said, he had, like, these kind of Wolverine or maybe Shredder, like, claws that popped up out of his gauntlets, and he used to say it was, like, the sting of Kane or something, but... <laughs> Everything's trademark. <laughs> yeah. He had the mark of Kane, the sting of Kane, uh, you know... The cape of Kane. <laughs> the cape, the smelly Linus blanket of Kane, yeah. <laughs> I read that speech, it was on a dog. I picked it up. Smell like a dog. I'm like, man, I'm a dog. By the way, I, I didn't want to bring this up because I actually really like the art in this issue. So I didn't want to, like, you know, throw any shade on it. But goddamn, Kane has some beautiful fucking hair in these, like, miniseries. <laughs> just like Fabio shit. He's <laughs> just like flowing locks. He's like, I'm Kane and I use herbal essences. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, all right. So how, how many how many files is this, Derek? I don't know. I I I, I was just gonna maybe look at the the um the Skype one for this maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, Mike. After uh, Spider Geddon one and two, uh, or Spider Verse and Spider Geddon, you, you done good, kid. You redeemed yourself. I, I was okay with this one. This is pretty good. Hey, I like Spider Geddon. So, no, it wasn't. So, I, I, I said it wasn't as bad. I said it wasn't Tony, as bad. Tony, you can fuck off to wherever Judah. Where are we?